0: Bidzi Small Business Society, number 148. You're listening to Bidzi Small Business Society. I'm Rob Beresoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzi Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99, that's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidsy.com. Email rob at bidsy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidsy.com. Welcome to this episode of Bidsy Small Business Society. Today I am talking to Chandler Bolt. Chandler is the founder and CEO at Self-Publishing School, where he and his team help people write, publish, and market their first best-selling book. He's a five-time best-selling author himself, and last year, 2015, Chandler's company did over seven figures in revenue. Chandler also hosts the Self-Publishing Success Summit, where he handpicks A-listers like Gary V, Joanna Penn, Pat Flynn, Barbara Corcoran, Grant Cardone, and many more. Welcome, Chandler. So happy you took the time to join me today. Can you first tell us a little bit more about yourself then about what projects you're working on today?
1: hundred percent. So, as you said, my name's Chandler. I'm from a small town in the middle of nowhere, uh, South Carolina. you probably never heard of it. It's called Wahala, South Carolina. Uh, And... I'm a college dropout. I'm a C level English student. And despite all that, I ended up starting to write some books and they were really successful. And now, through my company, Self Publishing School, uh, we've taught thousands of people how to write, market, and publish their first book. Uh, So that's kind of what I'm living and breathing. Uh, We've just been super blessed over the last year and had a ton of growth. Uh, And so we've been able to help just more and more people. And it's kind of, it's my microphone where I can take the life-changing experience that was for me, which was writing and publishing my first book, and I can help other people uh, have that experience as well. So that's kind of like the the 60-second version, if you will.
0: (laughs) So Chandler, I want to talk about why it's important for people to publish a book in the first place a little bit later. But man, you're an entrepreneurial volcano. You're exploding with great ideas, a ton of value and huge success. Did you figure all of this out mostly out of a self-serving need? Or what was really happening around you that you saw as an opportunity to help others with their books?
1: Yes, yeah, so it's funny, right? So I dropped out of school and I started this business. And I, 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 it's funny how many entrepreneurs I see do this. You start a business doing what you think people want and what you think people will buy. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you think people want if they aren't, if they aren't agreeing with you and saying that they also want it, a.k.a. if they're not whipping out their credit card to pay for what you're offering. I started this business and I'm like, oh, people will love this, right? This is awesome. This is, uh, I'm gonna do this productivity course and nobody wanted it. Uh, and at the same time, people kept asking about how to write and publish a book, and they they kept asking because they'd saw me do it successfully a couple times. So at this point, you know, it's it's kind of like the the whole thing. People is like if they would ask, and I'd get, I'd say sure, yeah, and I'd get on the phone with them for an hour and I'd tell them everything I knew and I'd say good luck to you, like hope you do well. Here you go. This is all everything I know, and I, I felt like a broken record, having the same conversation over and over and over again. And it's kind of one of those things where, you know, somebody can you can only get slapped in the face so many times before you turn around and look. <laughs> and I, I felt like I was getting slapped in the face, and I didn't even realize it. People were slapping me in the face, saying, "Hey, hey, look, Chandler, I want this." Because I'm reaching out and asking for it, and you're busy trying to sell something that I don't want. So that was kind of when I pivoted and I said, Hey, look, this productivity course that I'm working on, it's not working. So I need to turn around and, like, people are obviously asking for this, which was uh, advice and and help writing and publishing their book. So let me see if they're willing to pay for it. So then I validated the idea. Um, We brought in our first batch of customers uh, through self publishing school. We put them through the program. Uh, The success rate was insane, higher than I've ever seen for any online program. And so that's when it gave me the validation that not only, A, people will buy this, but B, I know that I have something really special here uh, because people are being really successful in the program. So since then, the rest is history and we've just been uh, just scaling up and, and, you know, like I kind of mentioned earlier, we've been able to impact a lot more people.
0: Now, it looks like right now you're unstoppable, but it likely wasn't always that way. Tell us, what was your biggest challenge, Chandler, in business or otherwise, but what sticks out in your mind as the biggest challenge that you faced? And our listeners are typically looking for some of the actionable steps that you took to really embrace and overcome that challenge.
1: Yeah, so there's a couple, and I'll I'll give business and I'll give personal side because people see the success that we've had now, and they think it's all it's all peaches and cream, right? And it's uh, it, it's just rosy, but there's been many instances where. <laughs> You know, it's it's like you've got to get validation, you get you've got to get traction, but you also have to have have to pay money, or you have to have money to pay the bills, right? So there were multiple instances I can remember, uh, even after launching Self Publishing School, we we really were trying to scale it, and so I kept pushing all the chips back into the center of the table, right? So I kept just just pushing it, and I just remember that uh, uh, in February last year, all my bank accounts were negative, <laughs> and I remember we we had borrowed fifteen thousand dollars from friends and family. And we said, hey, we need to make this work. Uh, and we hustled and, and we made it work, right? Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was a trying time, but we hustled for every th- single sale and we scrapped for every single sale. So we got on the phone with people. We sold people over the phone. We, we sold the program via our email automations and all that stuff. Like all that stuff worked, right? But we went the extra mile. We would send out emails and say, why didn't you buy? And then we'd say, "I want to talk to you. Hop on a 15-minute call." And I, I was actually just looking at this earlier today. From from Tuesday through Saturday, I, uh, in February last year, it I was looking. I was literally going back and looking at my calendar because we're adding back in phone sales right now to the to the business. And I was looking, and 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 it was something like 20 or 30 calls a day. And then my business partner was also doing 10 to 20 calls a day. And so you know we're on the phone with 40, 50 people a day here, and just going next, next, right? It's, it's a sales call, right? So we're asking, hey, how'd you hear about the program? What do you think about it? What do you like about it? What do you think about the price? Uh, why didn't you buy? And then they are giving us frank feedback. And not only are we getting great feedback and listening to our customers, but we sold a ton of people through that, right? So now I took all that feedback. I crafted all of my, all of our sales messaging, all of our copy, all of our videos based on that feedback. And in the future, Our sales rates went way up just because we had talked to all those customers. But also now, you know, there was that instant revenue. So those are the kind of the more tangible things. And then one of the toughest experiences of my life personally is a little over – Two years ago, uh, I had a a, a a friend of mine, Kendall, uh, he actually passed away right in front of me uh, on a cruise ship, uh, and it was a tragic accident, uh, 100% unexpected, and it kind of brought me to my knees, and about that same time, actually that same exact weekend, I came back from the cruise uh, and found out that my grandma had also passed away that weekend, and between those two experiences, between having my grandma pass and, and uh, you know, tragically having a friend Die literally right in front of me. Uh, it was. It was. It's one of those things that makes you pause and reflect. And I think it it, it it gave me a renewed sense of purpose. And it made me ask two important questions. But I think the, I think the listeners will really like this. And that's that. The first question is: If I were to pass away tomorrow, would I be proud of the life that I've lived? And I, I encourage you, if you're listening to this right now, to ask yourself that question. And I asked that question. And the answer was a resounding no. (laughs) So that's a clear indicator that I needed to get my life straight, right? And I needed to get my priorities straight. And then the second question that I ask is what am I doing right now or what can I be doing over the next couple months to make the world a better place? Like what can I be doing so that if I were to pass away anytime? I would at least be more proud of the life that I'm living. And there were a lot of changes that I made in my life, and, and one of them was doubling down on self-publishing school um, because I realized that the impact that we were making to help people write and publish their first book, that, w- that was work that was really uh, really changing things for people. Uh, so, th- so that really gave me a lot of perspective and helped me uh, to, to go down that path and to double down. And it gave me a renewed sense of purpose, renewed sense of focus. Uh, And ever since, you know, I feel like I'm not only living out my dreams, but also living for my buddy, Kendall, uh, to make him proud uh, and, and to live out all the things that he never got to accomplish while he was here on this earth.
0: Good stuff, man. Powerful stuff. I don't know what else to say other than, man, we just can't take this for granted. No one is getting out alive. Thank you for sharing that story, Chandler. Now, Obviously, having that book is going to have a big impact on its author and the people around that author. In this increasingly digital landscape, why a book? Why should people choose a book as a method of content creation, Chandler?
1: Well, there's two different reasons or or there's two sides of the coin that you can go on on this. And this is what we often find. People join our program, Self-Publishing School, for one of two reasons. They either want to grow their business, their income, their authority, or – they want to grow their legacy and check something off their bucket list, right? So there's two very different sides. Now, if it's a legacy or bucket list item, it's, it, it, it's exactly that, right? You want something that your kids, your grandkids can read or something that long after you're off this earth – that, that book will stand the test of time and it will last. And, and that's definitely, first and foremost, what I see books doing. But on the, on the flip side of things, if you're looking from an income, authority, and business perspective, it's, it's the best thing that you could possibly do for your business. Now, especially if you're in an authority-based industry. So if you're a medical professional, if you're a lawyer, if you're an accountant, if you're a real estate agent, uh, if you run a service-based business, anything where you need authority or credibility – during your sales process because you imagine there's there's two realtors right you both sit down at the table and I'm talking to to work with with one of you and one of you is a best-selling author that wrote the ten mistakes to avoid when hiring real estate or when when uh when hiring a realtor in insert your county right or in your city or whatever right or the ten mistakes to avoid before buying your first home or buying your like one of thems a uh, one of them is a is a published author, best-selling author. The other one's not. I can tell you, I'm going to go with a published author every single day and <laughs> it's twice on a powerful Sunday.
0: business card, right?
1: Right, and, and I'm glad you said that because a book, is, a book is the new business card. And think about this: so when you give someone a business card, chances so if I, uh, if we were to meet at a conference, and a lot of people do this, right? They just shove a business card in your face. Well, what happens is you've probably thrown that business card away before you even make it back home, <laughs> right? <laughs> But now now let's flip the script a bit, right? What if I hand you a book? Now, I don't know about you, but my mom taught me not to be wasteful, right? And so I'm gonna actually feel bad if I go to throw away a book. Like it's just gonna pain me. So what am I gonna do? I'm not gonna throw it away. I'm gonna go back to my office, I'm gonna sit it on the desk and not throw it away because I'd feel bad. Now, every time I see that book, I'm gonna thank you, right? Cause cause you're the person that gave it to me. So a book is a glorified business card. It's the best, it, it's the new business card. It's the best thing that you could do for your authority and for your business. And if you want to use books as lead gen, it's exactly that. It's marketing material. Uh, and it's the best marketing material you'll ever, you'll ever have. Because now all of a sudden, you're capturing the attention of a prospective buyer for hours, hours. And you're spending hours with them as they read your book. And there's just no other marketing medium that. That, where that exists, right? Commercials, 30 seconds, <laughs> maybe 60 seconds. Uh, you know, All of those channels, you've got maybe a minute of time in front of your prospective uh, customer, whereas a book, you've got hours.
0: Good pitch, man. Hard to argue with that. Now, what else would you suggest to the aspiring or even the established entrepreneur about engaging with and growing their audience in a crowded and cluttered social media and marketing landscape?
1: You know, in terms of the social media marketing landscape, you need you need an excuse to talk uh, to talk about yourself and to talk about your business. And and obviously, I'm a little biased here, but I feel like there's no better excuse than a book. Content marketing is it, it's it's something that like as, as a, and I this is a really interesting shift that's happening right now. Is there's this huge shift over from ad based marketing to content marketing, and a lot of people are arguing that actually ads will cease to exist. Now, I don't know that I would go that far, uh, but you you are running into pop-up blockers, you're running into DVR, you're running into all these things that make it harder to serve ads to your prospective customers. And and yeah, search- I came
0: across something called. Sorry to interrupt. I came across yeah. something yesterday called uh, Newsfeed Eradicator as well. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I use. I use that. That's the best. I mean, now you're even you're you're bringing it out of your newsfeed, and you're and so that means not only are you not going to see posts uh, from your friends if you use that, but you're also not going to see those sponsored posts uh, or, or sponsored ads and stuff like that. Right. You can use Pop-up Blocker, which which. Blocks the sidebar ads, so like more and more people are doing that. So it's becoming harder to serve up ads to your customers, and this is one thing that this this like this pains me to say out loud because I'm such a direct response kind of guy. Like I love running ads, driving to marketing funnels, optimizing those funnels, and like really getting after it when it comes to customer acquisition but we've had to take a step back even as a company at self-publishing school we never had a blog Uh, and we and we launched one in march of this year and it's been growing a a steady traffic source of five to ten thousand plus people per month you know checking out the site and and then we can retarget them we can serve them up ads all those things so anyways i I, this is a roundabout way of saying that the, the the marketing and social media landscape is changing. And you can't just spam people uh, with, hey, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. You really need to cultivate a relationship. And the way to do that is, is through entertaining or educational-based content. And one of the best ways to do that is through a book, right? Because now you have tons of tweets, tons of articles. T- you can just spin off all those things from your book. Then the book is the first step, to start a relationship with that customer because if they like your free content, they'd love to check out your book, and now all of a sudden you've got a $7, $15 customer, which is a customer nonetheless, and they can turn into to a customer, a, a higher paying customer for your other services, uh, your your products, and things like that.
0: Now, Chandler, in your opinion, what will be the dominant social media platform in, say, 12 to 18 months, and why?
1: Oh, man, this is a tough one because I feel like this changes, this changes so frequently, right? And it's one of those things where just the fact that Facebook has made it uh, as long as it has, I don't know, two, three years, whatever it is, 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 is pretty miraculous. Uh, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big, like, I talk about shotgun versus a rifle approach because I feel like one of the biggest mistakes people make, whether it's marketing a book or marketing your business, is you try to spread yourself too thin across a bunch of channels and a bunch of platforms and it's kind of the whole try to please everyone end up pleasing nobody you know it's it's the jack of all trades master of none you just end up spreading yourself too thin so i'm very much a singular channel kind of guy now in terms of social media i've i personally have doubled down on facebook uh, and that's the channel that i'm going so just by the nature of that comment i gotta say that uh, i feel like uh, Facebook is going to be a long-term winner, and w- will will reign. But that being said, obviously it's ripe for disruption. Uh, I don't think Snapchat will make it. Uh, I I think we could see a rise out of Instagram with Instagram Stories, but even then, uh, it, it it's. <laughs> that's owned by Facebook, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things where I, I see Twitter is just crashing pretty hard and pretty fast. Uh, you know, Pinterest is still there, uh, but I, it's it's kind of tough to see uh, an existing platform. I think it, it would either be Facebook, it will either be Facebook or a new uh, social media platform that hasn't been existed yet or that's in infancy right now. Because as we've seen the pattern over the last year, over the last few years any competitor that gets big enough to threaten facebook they just end up buying them and then bringing them in house and snapchat shut down those offers but now it might be to its detriment and instagram you know obviously it's kind of like one of those things you you woke in big brother and now now instagram seems poised to bury snapchat which which makes you stop and pause should they have sold while they had the chance now this is much more long-winded answer than you probably were asking for, but I say all that to say Facebook. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great stuff. No, interesting take on everything. Absolutely, and with the you know with Facebook Live and Instagram Stories, which essentially is indirectly Facebook Live. Yeah, I mean Snapchat uh, still very powerful amongst a certain demographic. I think uh, you're right. Will certainly fall by the wayside to some degree, anyway. Now, Chandler, you are a top influencer, but tell us, who do you follow online or otherwise for your own inspiration? and motivation
1: yeah you know this is a tough one because unlike most, i'm not one of the i'm not one of those people who just follows everyone i kind of like to blaze my own path so i I try not to pay too much attention to what other people are doing um there are a couple people uh that i really look up to uh one of which is michael hyatt Uh, i think he's just he's someone in our industry that is just doing he's doing it right
0: uh great podcast yep
1: Great podcast, great blog, great content, great courses—like everything he produces is top notch. I think he's doing a fantastic job. Um, I also like to keep an eye out on uh, Ramit Sethi; he does similar, you know, right? Great blog, great content, great products. So those are two people uh, specific to my industry. But then, obviously, I like to look outside my industry um, because. I just feel like there's so much, so many great lessons to learn elsewhere. So I like reading about the greats, you know, the the Rockefellers, the, you know, Rockefeller is like, oh man, he, he is just the man. He is, he is the person that I just love reading about and all that stuff. But then other than that, there's people like, you know, the great innovators like Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, things like that. I love reading biographies on those people because I feel like I really get a glimpse into their life. But in terms of people that I'm, Following would probably be a loose term, but, but scoping out, it's, uh, it's Hyatt uh, and Ramiz A.T.
0: Now, forgive me for jumping around towards the end here a little bit, but Chandler, do you love to win or hate to lose, and why?
1: Oh, it's hate to lose. Uh, for, for me, it's, and it's funny that you asked that question because I've always thought about this. I think I hate to lose more than I love to win because uh, this might sound a little arrogant and it's not meant to, but I, when I win, it almost feels like yes. This was supposed to happen um, because I worked hard for this. I practiced for this. Like this is what it, winning is expected, uh, and when I lose, it's just gut wrenching. So it, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, I'm a very 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 competitive guy, and winning just doesn't quite feel like it. Just feels normal, <laughs> whereas losing it is very devastating <laughs> for me, at least.
0: Love your take and on you that. Can man. Ask Great stuff.
1: To, you can ask anyone that's played anything competitive. It's like I am just a total jerk when it comes to anything competitive, and I've like really tried to tame that down, uh, but it can be pretty intense.
0: Man, I'm the same way. I, I my girlfriend pointed out my Type A personality yesterday. We were just going to take a walk in the park. <laughs> we were gonna lay a blanket down, and the closer we got to our destination, the further I got ahead of her, just walking faster to get that to <laughs> that destination before she did. <laughs>
1: that's funny. That's funny.
0: Now, give our listeners something actionable here. What do you do to wind down after a long or stressful day?
1: long, stressful day. You know, I, I feel like morning routines are just as important as nighttime routines. Uh, so the one constant for me uh, is, and this isn't necessarily winding down, but this is setting me up for success the next day, is, is planning out my day. Uh, I feel like if you jump into the day without a plan from the night before, then you're just reacting uh, and you're not getting a- anything done. So uh, you've probably heard the concept where it's you know you have a limited amount of willpower that you start with in the beginning of the day, and every decision that you make draws on that limited tank, that gas tank, if you will. So I like to make those final decisions of what I'm going to do the next day and plan out my day so that it matches up with my goals for the week and my goals for the month and and so on down the chain right? So that's one of my key success habits for end of day. Uh, and then in terms of just relaxing, unwinding, grabbing dinner with someone, uh, is awesome for me. And then to be honest, I haven't had a ton of relaxing and unwinding at nights lately. It's mostly just work until I go to sleep and then wake up and do it again. (laughs) And that's just the phase of, of life and the phase of my business that I'm in right now. Um, but one thing that I do like to do is I'll either watch *Impractical Jokers*, uh, the short, funny show that I, it, it, you know, a good laugh is just good for the soul, uh, and and I just love that show. Or I'll watch *The Prophet uh, or *Shark Tank*, which, you know, that's kind of cheating because I'm watching those for educational purposes, but also entertainment, right? But that's that's unwinding for me, and I love watching those shows and kind of drawing out meta lessons from how they make decisions and what happens on the shows.
0: Now, Chandler, boil this thing down for us. What is the one thing you want to share with our listeners who feel like they have a book inside of them but aren't exactly sure how to get it out?
1: Yeah, so the one thing, and this is super actionable, So. I'm going to give this tip, and after you finish listening to this interview, I want you to take 15 to 30 minutes to do this right now. Okay? So the one thing I want you to do if you're thinking about doing this, and oftentimes students come to me and they say, hey, Chandler, look, I've got an idea that I think maybe I could write five to ten pages on, but it's definitely not enough for a book. Right? I'm sure you've been there where it's like, ha, hey, I've got something maybe that I could write about, but I don't think I could write a whole book on this. So, if that's you, what I want you to do right now is take that idea, So that idea for what you're thinking of for writing a book. And if you don't have an idea, think of this it could be your passion, it could be your hobby, it could be the thing that keep people keep asking you about. Uh, it could be someone could have even told you, hey, you should write a book on that. Or it might even be that thing that your friends always come to you for advice. Whatever that is, come up with something, write it in the center of the page, uh, a blank sheet of paper, and then I want you to form, start forming a mind map. So this is basically a brain dump of everything that you can think of on this topic. Now you're gonna branch out and branch out and branch out and branch out. Now think of lessons that you've learned, books that you've read, Experiences that you can share, stories that you have. Just list out everything, and I want you to put a timer on for either fifteen or thirty minutes, and just start to mind map that. And don't don't filter anything at this point. Just go out and out and out. And what you'll find is, within fifteen to thirty minutes, you realize that you have way more stuff up in that noggin of yours than than you think, and then you remember, and you have way more experiences than you than you think that you can share. So. That would be my actionable piece of advice. And that mind map is actually what's going to form the basis for the outline of your book. And then you've done the pre-work. It's pretty simple. All you have to do is write it.
0: Great stuff, man. The next generation of authors coming our way. Now, Chandler, if people want to learn more about you, more about your business, your books, and about the Self-Publishing Success Summit, how can they connect with you?
1: Cool. Yeah, so I would highly encourage you to check out uh, go and head on over to self-publishingschool.com. Uh, so we have a blog. Um, we publish at least once or twice a week. Uh, so there's always fresh content coming on there about writing, marketing, and publishing your first book. I also have a free, v- free video training series. Uh, it's on there as well. Uh, and so that actually goes in deeper into the MyMap process that I just talked about. And I show you how to outline it, how to write it, how to market your book, all that stuff. Uh, So it's self-publishingschool.com, and you can find the video training series and also the blog there.
0: Chandler, this has been great. Thank you for the actionable steps to create success in both our businesses and our lives. Thank you for joining me today on Bidzy Small Business Society, man. You take care.
1: No problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to bizzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at bizzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society.